0: In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you're here? Good morning, Cleveland. It's a beautiful sunny day in London, and I'm here with the, my co host, Jack Duffin, the big man, the man I could never get on the show anymore. How are you, sir?
1: I'm good. Um, no, doing really well, um, enjoying it. It's, it's a little bit quiet now in the Browns world, but. Uh, having a chat about positions and then looking at who we might make it. It's always a fun time of the year when you can start drilling into them to position rooms. And there's battles to get onto this 53-man roster. We're not just talking about who's going to start. We're talking about who's going to literally be on the bubble, fighting for their life all the way through training camp.
0: Excellent. I think it's really important to understand is that the starting, the first team... Uh, players, they're all up for um, There's so much depth now in this uh, roster. We could see some big changes in the next three, four months of what the roster looks like today versus what it's going to look like in September.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think where there's been a turnover of coaches as well, lots of people are coming in with a clean slate. So, um, sort of James Kempen as say, the O-line coach is coming in and he's got no sort of preconceived ideas that Greg Robinson and Chris Hubbard must be starters and they've done really well for him. There's no track record on any of them in his eyes. He's going to judge them on what he sees and that's going to be really exciting.
0: All right, great. Well, Jack, we're going to talk about the uh, uh, offensive tackles in a minute, but Brown's news. We've got um, training camp starting soon again, yeah?
1: Yeah, so phase three of training camp um, known as OTAs, which is organized team activities. um, We've got three sessions coming up. We've got May 14th to 16th. 21st to 23rd 28th to 31st and with these it's still optional it's not manage- mandatory there's no pads um, no live contact but teams can do 11 on 11 drills which are obviously really helpful when uh, designing how they're going to be playing and lots of other stuff.
0: Okay cool so 11 no pads 11 on 11 so they could do almost anything they uh, like flag style football yeah
1: yeah i think it's just run throughs and looking at technique and stuff like that um and so no it's it's a lot of um just sort of getting the early stuff a sort of playbook in there seeing who's more competent who can learn and i th- I think it's just lots of run throughs really
0: excellent and um then then after that they go on a nice big uh summer holiday don't they
1: Um, Well, there's one week after that, you've got the mandatory mini camp. So that's June 4th to 6th, um, which is helmets again, but no contact. um, An off day in between. Teams are allowed to be on the field for three and a half hours per day. Um, The second practice is limited to walkthrough activities. So there's not very much in it, but that's the mandatory one. So that's when you're going to see everyone turn out and those that don't turn out. There'll be fines for, no doubt, and there'll be questions over who are they staying, and what's going on. So um, that's really the one to keep an eye on. Don't be too worried if players don't turn up to phase three in May, June 4th to the 6th. That's the uh, one where we see who's going to be potentially causing issues and someone might be forcing a trade if they feel they're being forced out the
0: building. Yeah, so that means that um, someone like OBJ and... uh duke johnson or, or, or be all be all eyes on them obviously obj will be there but um it'd be interesting to see if uh, duke johnson turns up
1: yeah it's it's going to be interesting to see um i, I guess nearly everyone will be there but um there might be some and then there might be some that just carry a niggling injuries and don't turn up because the team's agreed with them but you'll hear about most of that in the media um it's nothing to get that excited about because it's not like they're missing out it's um when we get nearer the start of the season, uh, if players are missing, a little bit of concern over those.
0: Only thing I'm seeing on social media at the moment is uh, OBJ loving his golf at the moment. So uh, it'd be interesting to see um, how he progresses playing at driving range. And uh, is he going to host a uh, Cleveland Browns golf day? Let's see. It'd be quite interesting. Yeah, you've got
1: that. And there was a piece in uh, Men's Health about Ogun Joby. He's lost a load of weight and sort of how he's done that. So fingers crossed we'll see even more production from this year. It's going to be a lot easier because the coverage is so much better on the back end. There's more animals alongside him on the pass rush. Sheldon Richardson is going to cause absolute carnage. Um, Obviously Vernon's an upgrade on Ogba. So there's potential. There isn't that depth there yet, but um, that is getting better. Um, I think we'll see Chris Smith, a lot of three tech as a backup. So um no, I think there's improvements being made.
0: All right, excellent. Well let's uh, let's move swiftly on to the uh offensive tackle position.
1: So if we just look at the two names that started for us last year, you've got Greg Robinson, um twenty six, Chris Hubbard twenty-eight, and you would expect at the start of the season that they're the two names. Beginning at left tackle and right tackle, that might not stay that way by the time we get to the end of it. But they're the two names I'd expect to be Stein.
0: And um, behind them, who would you say see the uh, the second team would be?
1: Well, I, th- I think the the swing tackle there is Kendall Lam. Um, he actually posted, according to PFF, if I remember correctly, because it was a long time ago, he signed now um he actually posted a better pass protection grade than either Robinson or Hubbard so I think he's got a lot of talent and it wouldn't surprise me if he beats one of those two starters out he played right tackle last year but in all honesty it's not as complicated and sort of difference in standard to go from left to right tackle it is like training yourself as they say to wipe your ass with the other hand um which is no easy feat but um it wouldn't be impossible for me to see him starting and forcing him on those two other players out because they didn't have
0: a good year last year. Yeah, really interesting. I did some research before the show and he um, played 13 games for the Texans last season as right tackle.
1: Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a really, really good sign. I was really happy when we picked him up. Um, it's a cheap deal. It was two years. Um, but it gives you that depth, that, that, that sort of, Third tackle, but it wouldn't surprise me if it, we end up moving on from maybe Greg Robinson. Um, but I'm not quite sure how that works. So I think Lamb and Hubbard are more focused on the right side. But um, it's going to be interesting to note because I, I think there is some potential for an upset there.
0: And um, how many... Uh, how, what contracts is he on?
1: Who? Kendall Lamb? Yeah. I need two, to yeah, look yeah, that up. You know. Yeah, it's a two-year deal. I think it's like 1.6 this year and 2.8 next year, but it's very low on the guarantees. Um, Let me just find him here. Um, So this year it's 1.7. Next year is 2.8. Just to cut him this year is only 600 grand. So it's likely going to be a one-year deal um, and then probably moved on next year. But if he does well, at the end of the day, if you've potentially got a starting right tackle playing next year at 2.8 million, you are laughing.
0: Yeah, was the... Um, what was it called? Camping's first uh, signing, do you think, then?
1: Um, who knows how much that one's camping on. It, it's difficult to put your finger on. Is it just a position coach to sign someone? Because you, you've got, like, three or four key players in the front office. You've got... Um, a head coach, you've got an offensive coordinator, you've got a position coach. Obviously, if they go to the position coach and they go, This person's hot trash, I don't want them, they're probably not going to get signed. But at the same time, it's always difficult whenever anyone signs to put all the credit or blame on one person. Um, obviously, the GM has to sign it off, but is the GM the key person making every single decision? No, they can't do everything. So who knows who signed or pushed the most for Kendall Lamb? It's with all these things, it's always a great mystery.
0: And uh, with uh, Bob Wiley leaving and with campin coming in, what exciting changes are you, you looking to see on the O-line?
1: I think what really excites me about campin is the ability Green Bay have had to sort of pick up these mid to late round um, players and then turn them into starters on the O-line. So the two names that really excite me is Drew Forbes, who we drafted, um, which was Player X in the... Um, oh, it was, um,
0: Project X, wasn't it?
1: Project, yeah, Project X. Um, I forget who it was um, who ran the piece, but that's a fantastic piece to read as well. Um, go and check that out. So Drew Forbes posted a 9.79 relative athletic score, which is incredibly high out of 10. And then here we go. Here's the challenge. Brian, and I apologize to him for getting this probably ridiculously wrong. Fin E ongu. Um Wait, posted
0: uh, like that. Um Finagono. It could be that. <laughs>
1: I haven't heard anyone pronounce it before today, so uh, it's a bit of a challenge. Um he posted a nine point six seven relative athletic score, which is very, very high as well. and only as weight kept that down it could be even higher. So they're two players I'm very excited about. And I think if either of them have got a shot and they believe of becoming a potential starter in the NFL, then they won't be on the practice squad. They will be kept on the active roster. And that probably means a cut for one of Robinson, Hubbard and Lamb. So I think it's going to be really really exciting what Campen does. Um, I think he's talented. Whether we keep three or four, I think, depends on how those two youngsters perform. Um, because the better they perform, the better they'll be. And Drew Forbes might struggle at tackle and they might flip him inside by the end of camp. So that's another direction they could go.
0: Yeah, is, Forbes is surely, though, a guard, right?
1: No, it, um, it's been out there that the Browns were the only team that said, we want you to try out a tackle first. We think you can do it. So. He's getting a shot of tackle to begin with. And then yeah, he, he might move inside. So by the end of camp, we might see we keep four tackles, but Forbes is sort of our second choice guard. Um so that that could be a choice there. It's going to be interesting to see which decision and route they go.
0: What about Seaton?
1: Um, I don't I don't think he can make the roster. It wouldn't surprise me if he gets cut um before we get even there. So Um, He might be one of those really early cuts and they bring in someone else.
0: Okay, so let's let's get into some real hard questions here, Jack. Your four players today, if you had to put a gun to your head, what four would you take on the roster?
1: Robinson, Hubbard, Lamb and Forbes.
0: Okay. And and that's Forbes as as tackle.
1: Yeah, uh, Forbes as tackle. I think as as of today, as far as I'm aware, he's going to get a shot there. Obviously, Camp will let us know if he can make it or not. But if I had to guess today, the four that it'd be at tackle, that'd be my four.
0: See, Desmond Harrison, last year, he was my star undrafted free agent. Super excited about him. Really excited him starting as a tackle. He obviously showed some great potential at times and some inconsistency at other times. Can you see him being squeezed on the roster
1: no I, I think the odds are massively stacked against him if i had to guess at the minute in terms of that list i'd put him sixth um only above well, under under uh, seaton above seaton okay fifth. um i i even think the udfa they picked up has a better chance of making it than him um i just i can't see a route to him making the roster the fact that he literally disappeared from the entire team in the second half of last season, um, I think is foreshadowing for... I don't think he's going to be around. So I think there's a battle of five here. Desmond Harrison and Seaton. I just, I can't see them getting there. And by all means, I'd love to be surprised and see them do great things. But I, I just don't see a route to success for him.
0: Before the show, you were saying also that uh, Desmond Harrison is now 25?
1: Yeah, he's 25 now. Um, he's had some time in the league and it's just, it's not, it's not working for him.
0: So my four would be Forbes, guard, discount him as a tackle. And I think I'd go with Tough Hubbard, Robinson, Lamb and our mate Brian, Finagola, Affa. Okay. So no Harrison for you. I think when I spoke to you uh, pre-show, I think to myself, he could he could uh, yeah squeeze his way in there. He's got to do a lot. I think I, can, I understand your point, really, that Bob Wiley's gone. I think if Bob Wiley was there, there could be a higher chance. But yeah, new camping. A lot of, like Pete Smith's raving about Brian. And I think he's a good chance of getting the roster. So yeah, listen to everyone's views. I think, yeah, there could be a chance. But I, I personally think Forbes is going to be a, a guard. Yeah, it's, it's certainly
1: a case that it could go that way. Um, but Dorsey might make the decision and keep three. So some teams will only keep five on the... Sorry, eight on the O-line, which is usually your five starters, a tackle, guard and centre. Um, I'm always in favour of nine, as long as you can get there, which is two tackles to back up a guard and a centre. Um. And your center's always the more important one when it comes to backing up in the middle because you need to have a solid relationship between the quarterback and the centre. So I think Kush is probably going to be that guy. Um, but yeah, there, there's no issue with, say, moving Forbes inside. Um, but if he does that, then it might be three tackles they keep. So I think if Forbes gets pushed inside, we could easily see the case of Robinson, Hubbard and Lamb. And then um, you've got Forbes probably beats out, is it Witserman? And then it's Cush and Forbes um, inside. But yeah, won't get too much into the interior because that's for a different show.
0: No, that's cool. But um, just while we're on that point, do you think uh, Tretters are starting centre? Do you think that Cush um, is lined up as the uh, backup at the moment or Corbett?
1: Yeah, I think Cush um, will start as your uh, sort of backup interior Um, So if anyone goes down, then he'll jump into that spot.
0: Oh, excellent. Well, guys, it's really interesting. Last time we did a wide receiver, hearing everyone's uh, comments on Twitter. So if you're listening to the show, let us know what your thoughts are. You maybe disagree with us. We really like to hear the uh, different opinions and um, giving us your views as well.
1: Yeah, give us give us your three or four and do let us know which one and why because that is a big decision and teams are quite balanced with this amount. So it's not like most teams keep eight, most keep teams keep nine. It's three or four going to be on the O-line and there's different... Oh, sorry, the offensive tackle room. And there's certainly justifications for each direction. Um, but no, by all means, let us know. There's seven players there. Um, have a go. Have a prediction. Give us your starting left tackle starting right tackle your swing tackle and then if you're going to have a fourth let us know who that guy is
0: jack is there any free agents out there we should be keeping an eye on or is that irrelevant at tackle
1: not at the tackle room anyone that's competent gets snapped up straight away so um no i i think the talent's really good there's quite a few names that i like in terms of depth Uh, starters we need to get better Uh, if we had replaced Greg Robinson and Chris Hubbard this offseason then I think we'd be in a much better position they are our two weak links on the entire offence I think we've got nine incredibly talented players we just need to improve those tackle positions
0: maybe when the rosters go from 90 to 53 maybe there would be some talent that we can pick up at that point as well
1: uh, maybe someone gets overlooked, um, like a Trent Brown last year, um, who was literally cast away for nothing from the 49ers to the Pats. But in all honesty, most of them aren't really available at all. So I think you're going to have to look in house. And it's just, I trust in Campen. Let's see what he can do. Um, I think he can pull together some talent here. And if he can start working with Forbes and Brian, then, um, Maybe maybe they'll be two uh, shining stars for the future. If sort of one of them two can become a starter next year, use our 32nd pick in the draft next season and um, grab the uh, second starting offensive tackle.
0: Excellent. You definitely think we're going to win the Super Bowl, yeah? Well, why not? Go good, good. All right, Jack, it's been a pleasure getting you back on the show. We've got loads of uh, good shows this week. Uh, hopefully, gonna get um, Schofield back on quarterback uh, legend talk through the quarterback room, and then yeah, try and get all these positions done next week. Uh, do another fifty uh, states show. So yeah, lots and lots of stuff still going on. I know it's quiet; it's not a lot of noise coming from the Browns at the moment. But we'll do our utmost to try and get a show out every single day for you. Keep up, good work, buddy. Good mate. Any way we can squeeze you on this week, Jack?
1: Um. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, who knows what I'm doing? I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow yet. But um, no, uh, l- let's see what happens.
0: From, from a from a personal view, I'm on the road from next week. I'm going to Detroit, Cleveland, uh, Hamburg, uh, Italy. So with work and weddings, I've, I'm literally on the road for three weeks. So uh, in advance, apologies if the podcast does get second best, but I'll do my utmost to try and uh, record every single day. And Jack, always thank you very much for editing every single morning with your bowl of cereal.
1: I'm a croissants man,
0: I'm not a bowl oh. of cereal.
1: Uh, it's, uh, it's editing and croissants every morning, living hey, the tell dream. Us, mate, do you
0: bake fresh croissants every morning or is it, um, a stale one from the day before?
1: Oh, they're, they're shop bought ones, um, straight in the oven, heated up. Oh, they're absolutely beautiful.
0: So, um, every day have you like got load in your freezer or
1: yeah i've got one pack in the freezer and then one in the uh, cupboard so just take two croissants out stick them on a baking tray 10 minutes in the oven um absolutely lovely
0: with the chocolate in them or not
1: no no uh, mate uh, my diet's bad enough without adding chocolate <laughs> to me croissants
0: all right excellent all right jack great speaking with you mate and uh, yeah keep up the uh, keep up the good work and uh... Next time we're going to do a cap show, just let us know. Welcome to the Danger Zone.